Hi, thanks for listening to Expressing Motherhood. This is Lindsay Cavett. You're about to listen to Julie Peoples-Clark. Julie, originally from Baltimore, Maryland, has been a go-go dancer in a cage in a nightclub. Nice. A showgirl in Atlantic City, a backup dancer for Richard Marks. Loved him. A magician's assistant. A teeny bopper in three John Waters films. A tap dancing book on television and a professional modern dancer. I love reading these bios. She moved to Vermont 12 years ago with her husband Dave and daughter Ella. She is on the dance faculty at the University of Vermont and part of Dance Tramp, a collective of Vermont-based experimental dance artists. Currently, she maintains a blog at juliepeoplesclark.wordpress.com and is working on an essay collection about her unique parenting experience. Most importantly, she is mother to Ella, the great and Emmanuel blessing. Without further ado, here is Julie Peoples-Clark in Expressing Motherhood. The first few months Ella was alive, I spent a lot of time crying on the floor, in bed, in the bathtub, crying. I didn't want this life, this responsibility, this burden. Ella's very existence disrupted the flow, the plan I had in my life. Instead of basking in the glow I expected my newborn would bring, I was writhing and fighting with all my being against the life that was now my reality. The life of a parent caring for an extremely medically fragile child. I laid awake at night worrying about the future and mourning the loss of my dream of a happy, healthy, vibrant child. Thoughts of ending my life in Ella's crossed my mind. Crashing my car with Ella and me in it leaving Ella in the car with the motor running and covering the exhaust so the car would fill with carbon dioxide. I even went so far as to leave a dry cleaning bag on the edge of her crib, hoping that it would fall in her face and smother her while she slept. My sister found the bag while cleaning my house and threw it away. I would lie in bed at night praying that Ella would die in her sleep. I spent hours on the computer searching for cures for severe brain injury. I found none. I hung on every tiny word of inspiration that anyone, doctors, therapists, fellow parents, strangers, sent my way. I hounded my husband about what he thought Ella's future would be. I begged him to make everything all right and come up with a happy, healthy ending for our daughter. I was 29 years old when Ella was born. After a wonderful, healthy pregnancy, Ella's tragic birth injury was not part of my plan. For the first time, I had no control over my life. I was forced into the role of full-time nurse, therapist, and caregiver. My old life was gone, gone completely. A few months after Ella was born, an older gentleman who belonged to a local Rotary Club brought our family a check from his club to help support us with the many medical bills that were piling up. He placed the check in my shaking hand, looked me in the eyes, and said, There's no need to search for your purpose anymore. She's right there in your arms. He left and I began to cry, to scream. This is not what I wanted. I didn't ask for this. I can't do this. I won't do this. I did it. I did it for 11 incredibly difficult, incredibly painful, incredibly rewarding years. I was an incredible mother to an extremely medically fragile child and beautiful blessing. I give myself permission to say it. I was incredible. Ella died on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It was Mother's Day, 2014. 
She was ready. She was tired. She was peaceful. She was in her father's arms as I held her feet. We were snuggled together on the living room couch, and I felt it, her soul depart. My husband and I began crying, laughing, embracing each other and Ella. And my husband repeated over and over again, we did a good job. We did a good job. We did a good job. Many great teaching masters say that when someone dies for whom you care very deeply, all the love that you gave them is returned to you upon their passing. And I felt Ella's love and blessing returned to me over and over again since she passed away four years ago. Three months after Ella died, her father and I took a healing journey. We drove across the country and we flew to Hawaii for a few weeks. We were on our way back to Vermont. I didn't feel very well. I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. Nine months later, exactly one year and six days past the day that Ella died, I gave birth to a beautiful, healthy, vibrant baby boy, Emmanuel Blessing. One of the biggest challenges as I move forward in this life is giving myself permission to live, permission to experience joy, love, and laughter. In true form of Ella's generous spirit, she continues to send me signs and signals that she gives me permission to live. And I must give myself permission to live.